Listen up, Gotham. This is Batman. Tune into the Bat Fanatic podcast with Sammy Warmhands. And if you don't, I'll be coming for you. Hey, everybody, it's the Dark Knight of Rap, Sammy Warmhands, and this is the Bat Fanatic podcast. As always, I want to shout out my longtime sponsor, Radar Toys. I finally got to go see them in person now that I'm vaccinated. It was really exciting. Picked up the Joker War saga. But I digress. You can save an extra 10% on their website, RadarToys.com, using the code BATFANPOD. And as always, no matter who you are, you get free shipping in the U.S., now I am rejoined by my co-host Ben and Evan as we shake things up a little bit. We're going to a 70s martial arts style film, an animated feature about some old school DC characters. This is Batman Soul of the Dragon. All right, this is a Ben Polanski pick that I think none of us had seen. This is Batman Soul of the Dragon. Came out recently in 2020. Directed by Sam Liu, written by Jeremy Adams, starring David Juntoli, Mark Dacascus, Kelly Yu, Michael Jai White, who was uh, Gamble in The Dark Knight. And, and uh, Black Dynamite, and ah, a million martial arts movies and action movies. Clearly not my genre. And uh, James Hong as a sensei. This was composed by Yoshim Horsley. Yeah, that's the main crew here initial thoughts on soul of the dragon i was definitely like in the first five ten minutes what the fuck i think i texted you what the fuck do you have me watching well so you sent that message and i hadn't watched the movie yet and so as i i started the movie not long after that and as i'm watching it i'm like so at what point did he send me that message? I, I assumed I it was imagine. right off the bat i assumed it was immediately yeah it could have been that but i was like there's enough of that like throughout this or like where did he did you finally send me that message? Uh, it was early, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking like first couple minutes. <laughs> well, I had just seen this advertised, mm-hmm. and then and like I like I said before, I don't like overwatch trailers. I watch a thing once, and then I, I'm not going to come back to it. And maybe I'll watch it or I won't. But so I saw that it was like it's a Batman story because of sort of the name Soul of the Dragon because of what the cover looked like. I knew like oh, it's probably going to be a martial arts story, and I like that side of Batman a lot more. Not necessarily more, but. I like that aspect of him fighting and combat and stuff like that, as opposed to just like the psychological or that yeah. crime stuff. And then seeing also that it was going to be like a seventies exploitation style kind of movie. And then realizing as watching it, that it's actually also like a James Bond movie too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really have any idea what to expect. And so it wasn't until I'm sure the moment where you sent that message, when the villain is forcing a wait, prostitute wait, to dance. Wait. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <But I> was, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get I, there. Before seeing the trailer, I just took like the one image that I'd seen, maybe the cover image and then the name, and I was mentally running with this is like Asian backstory training ninja shit. Kind of like even yeah. how Wolverine has like a samurai era Wolverine stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, this is just going to be like. I don't know how it's also going to be Batman, but this is going to, uh, maybe he'll come back. Maybe he'll come back to the place that he trained in the past or something like that. And then I watched the trailer and was like, oh shit, this is funky. And, uh, afros and stuff, which didn't like turn me off, but it just wasn't what I thought of. 
also happy that Redbox still exists because oh. it was not on HBO and my only other option was on Amazon and I was like, fuck this. I do not want to watch this on Amazon. So Redbox had it for less than two bucks rather than like $7 on Amazon. Well, that's nice. Yeah, we had to rent it for like $6 on iTunes. They had a, the 4K Blu-ray at Epic Seconds. Nice. So I was already trading other stuff in. I was like, yeah, I'll pick that up. I was surprised by this because for as much time as I spend on my Batman Instagram, I hadn't heard of this until you sent it to us, uh, I don't know, a few months back. I want you to recount that conversation because that made me laugh a lot. What? How'd it go? <laughs> me suggesting this movie going, why don't we do Soul of the Dragon? I just so remember I- you saying it like 17 different times, but what was the first one? Well, I never said Batman, Soul of the Dragon. Oh, so you were talking yeah. about like, things we could do and this and that. And generally, for the listeners to know, Sam generally picks the stuff we do, which is good because he has like an idea of we're going to do this and that because they work well together and we're progressing through these things and we'll hit these big things that people want to listen to and maybe we'll slide this other stuff in that nobody cares about and maybe look. Yeah. Like, so there's a thought to that. But I just saw this thing and I thought, oh, it's new. It's martial arts Batman. This would be good. But so I said, let's watch Soul of the Dragon. He's like, no. You can start your own podcast. The funny thing is, because you guys are always saying like Tintin or like Tokyo Ghost or like, and you're always bringing up this random shit that has nothing to do with Batman or DC. And so when you said that to me, that's how I read it because I had never heard of it. And so I was like, (laughs) yeah, it was just like, if you want to do some manga show, like go do that, man. Like. I thought you were fucking with me, and and you said it like over and over again, and I was like, "Why is this joke not dying?" <laughs> like, still, still not landing. Still pissing me off. I couldn't figure it out, and then finally you sent me like the cover or the trailer or something, and I was with like, "Batman on it." <laughs> oh, I uh, somehow didn't hear about this one. My bad. <laughs> I know this guy. My I was like, Sam's normally. I mean, he's an asshole, but he's normally pretty flexible. <laughs> I don't know why he's so resistant. This is a Batman thing. I would never be accused of being flexible, but yeah, I'm not opposed to your suggestions. I just thought it was a joke. I thought it was a non-Batman joke. Like, you guys had seen this or read this or whatever, and um, we're fucking with me. We do kind of mess with you, but at the same time, this is like a scenario in which no one was messing with you, yeah. and you still made it messing with you anyway. So. Yeah. Well, you said that. You're like, well, you guys are always saying that. And then I thought, oh, no, that makes complete sense. You're constantly <laughs> just saying nonsense. <laughs> I don't mean. <laughs> See, that was nice because I am uh, crediting Ben with uh, choosing the subject of this episode. That's a nice little thing that I'm doing to shout him out and still manage to make it all about me. Yeah. Also, if it blows, you know where to place your blade. Yeah. <laughs> send it to me. Go to my Instagram page and send me uh, all your criticism and hate. Yeah, if you go to our homepage and you click on the hosts of the show that are in my bio, Ben's is just grayed out because he deleted his account. <laughs> you can direct it to like the National Geographic Instagram page or uh, okay, something neat. That's where to find you. Yeah. So this, I've put it off over and over again. Because I got shit to do. I don't want to watch this yet because like, I haven't seen it before. I got to really pay attention and take my notes. And I kept putting it off and putting it off. And then when I'd get time... I want to watch Justice League for the fifth time. Yeah. I don't want to watch this. I'm like, I, don't, I don't fucking want to watch this. 
uh, I'll do it later. And then it was Friday night, and I was like, I know this is really dangerous, but I'll do it later. And so finally we got to Saturday night last night, and I was like, all right, Jesus Christ, we'll do it. And yeah, in the opening, no one is identified. And it's so confusing because I don't know who the fuck is who ever. It opens with a poker game, and the waiter takes the glass that he had cleared the table. He steals the fingerprints and uses it to access this back room and to get into a safe. Well, and the guy who, whose fingerprints he stole was like a super suave, black-haired white guy who just made like a great bet and beat the guy at the poker table. And I had the same thought as you. I was like, is that Bruce Wayne? Is that Bruce Wayne in this yeah. story? Is that? And I think it's supposed to be a little bit of a psych out because then you see that no, the person we're actually following here is the waiter, and he's the he's the secret agent, Dick Dragon. Yep, Dick Dragon. Dragon Dick. Created Batman. by Denny O'Neill. These are all these are all real comics characters. And that people. surprised me so much in the closing credits because I was like, Richard Dragon is like if an eight year old created a character, <laughs> that's what uh-huh. he would call it. You know, Spike Blaze. Yeah. <laughs> so I like dodgeball. Where he's like, I've got Blade. Laser. Blaser. <laughs> Just naming his henchmen, you know. But uh, yeah, I was very surprised that a lot of this had roots in what appears to be like 70s DC. Yeah. So a fight ensues in this back room at the safe, and he parachutes out the window as one of the goons' grenades gets bat-flecked back to him. Where there's James Bond music, he lands on a boat with big titty bikini girls and gives the Bond, James Bond, but it's Dragon, Richard Dragon, and then it cuts to a fucking 70s Bond opening credits, and I'm like, what the fuck (laughs) is this? Maybe this isn't Batman. Maybe he made that. (laughs) Is that when you text us? No. I... (laughs) Texted you that <laughs> before that. <laughs> right afterward, another unidentified dude who looks pretty similar to the first dude that we just saw, but I think is a different guy, apparently had just fucked a whore because he pays the girl who's in a state of undress in his bed. She gives him like, well, yeah, give me a call anytime. And he opens the door for her. And she walks in like, wait, what the fuck? This isn't the way out. Gets locked into this thing. And she's like, what is happening? And the other side of the room opens up. And it's like a peep show. It's like glass. It's like the end of Taken. It is like Taken. I was going to say that. And then snakes come in the fucking room. And he's like, yeah, dance for me. She's like, what are you talking about? We already did the transaction. Like, say that for next time. He's like, no, dance for me. And he hits a button. And then cobras come out underneath and at that point, um, <laughs> I'm just out. Like, what the fuck? We haven't seen Batman. Nobody's mentioned Batman. There's no mention of Gotham or anything. And not to mention, but this is just horrific, too, because it's like, this would be bad, right? If you were a businessman in a full suit and many layers of clothes. She is not. She is quite exposed and bare on her legs where the snakes are. And, you know, I have a problem with needles and sharp things and this is just like really evil uh what's happening but here that was the first moment where i had a thought of like 
Oh, I bet you this is where he texted me. Because again, I haven't yes. seen this before either. So I don't know what to expect at all. And I was both like, oh, maybe I've made a mistake. And also, <laughs> no, but this is good because seeing the first intro scene and then the little scene before that. So uh, Richard Dragon hits the grenade back in the guy's face. So he exploded that guy. Yeah. But we didn't see any explicit like flesh melting off the bone as the grenade goes off or shrapnel killing people. So I wasn't sure what the tone of this was going to be. Because if it was going to be a yeah. 70s martial arts Batman thing and be super, like, kid-oriented and... Uh, no, it's not and that. Light. No, so that's the moment so where I was rated like, R. Yeah, how this is... Well, I didn't even see that. I didn't, I didn't either. Rated. But then so seeing that scene where, like, the evil bad guy is torturing this woman with snakes, this was like, oh, maybe I made a mistake. But also, at least this is going to be a movie that takes this, like, genre style seriously and, like, the bad guy is a bad guy. The yeah. evil in this is evil. And I had a moment of reflection where I'm like, Batman's going to come into this at some point. So it's not just going to be some weird <laughs> movie about the yeah. guy killing people. And he sort of kind of does at a couple points. Um, <laughs> you were thinking like, maybe I made a mistake, but then a part of you thought, Maybe this will scare Sam, and you were like, well, "No, it's a good choice. I've good made choice. a good choice." Yeah, like, oh, I don't know about this, but it will be fun to talk about later. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's never a point in this, unlike, like, say, for example, I don't know if I was throwing out random names like Batman versus Superman Ultimate Edition, where I was like, "Oh, I'm so tired, I'm very tired, and I want to sleep. <laughs> tired of watching. I want to turn this off and." Uh, I never had that feeling in this movie. I was always like, this is strange. What's I next? I absolutely had that feeling during watching this movie. And like in the next scene, we get the, the most gullible bouncer of all time and gets tricked by Richard into fighting him, but not only fighting him, but leaving his post to fight him. Therefore, all the other people could go in. I turned to Ange and I said, God, I wish this was like a 20-minute episode of the animated series. <laughs> And it wasn't almost an hour and a half long. It's 70s exploitation. It fits the style very, very well. Well, then we get this scene of Bruce and Silver St. Cloud arguing about him keeping secrets, and she walks out on him. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. We don't see a lot of her. And then she never comes back or is mentioned ever again. And so no, that's far... Because she is there just to introduce Bruce Wayne, and that this is the Bruce Wayne we know. This yes. is the guy with the double life. But I think that... Just for me as a confused viewer, and God, they fucking know that most people who pick this up aren't going to be probably familiar with a lot of these people, but everything up until this point should not be in the movie as far as I'm concerned, because it does nothing but it, it shows a little bit of character motivation and stuff, but it doesn't, you don't even know who they are, and there's times where I'm questioning, can I even tell them apart? Well, that's because you're a racist. That's part of it. You think that this, the bad guy isn't even Asian, and you think he's Richard Dragon. Richard Dragon has a very distinct look. He's just a Bruce Lee ripoff. I thought they all looked like dark-haired Bruce Wayne white guys to me. Richard, no. You, oh, you're so colorblind that you can't even, yeah. Um, I thought the sensei looked like Bruce Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> Which one's Bruce in the scene? I don't know. Yeah. Um, it is worth like saying that Batman is the first word in the title of this. Yes. And I would bet that a large amount of the negative reviews, in addition to people who just don't like the movie, who have problems with it, are people who thought this was going to be much more Batman-focused. He's definitely not the main character, yeah. He's not the main character, but 
in my mind, you need to look at this like Justice League. That's not a Batman movie. As much as they made that a Batman movie because he's the guy people go to see. Yeah. It's an ensemble DC story where Batman is a key player in it, but he's not the main player by any means. But it's sold uh, as Justice League. It's not sold as a Batman marquee. Yeah. Which, no, no, that's totally that's, that's the I difference. Mean, I, yeah. But anyway. like I said, I didn't know anything about what this was, and I, I didn't go like, oh, I thought Batman... For sure, yeah, and yeah. I, I mostly am just stating that so far I'm nothing but like confused and don't know enough about these people to tell them apart or know like what am I seeing. You don't have to know everything in a movie right off the bat. <laughs> the ice pick segue into the past scene is like so freaking funny to me because Bruce is like zoning out and stabbing the ice bucket like 12 <laughs> times before they even change it to the past. He like says something to Bruce and he's like, yeah. <laughs> and, and they just like, does it look at the character like, tink, 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 and then they go to the past. It's like a, it's like a family guy scene that just goes like way too long. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <sighs> I don't remember Sorry, that, but I will say that I've been rewatching whatever's the latest season that's on Hulu, a family guy. And th they have clearly given up and I don't even really mean that as a slight on them, but they do so many of those time-eating gags now. They'll mm -hmm. do like three on an, on one episode because they're just like trying to fill time, it seems they like. have no ideas, yeah. Yeah. Huh. I think I should be eight minutes long. They <laughs> come out once a month. <laughs> anyway, the flashback into the sort of Batman Begins meets Kill Bill 2 stuff we're introducing lady shiva ben turner whip and the origin of bruce and richard i like when bruce arrives and the sensei says you can still leave right you can go at any time most people don't have the character to uh, how does he say it's like this path ends in ruin for most people i think is what he says and you can still leave. And Bruce says, just quite frankly, no, Sensei, I can't. And we are getting exactly what I want out of this story, right? <laughs> and I guess I like the flashback stuff. The only thing I don't like is that it's a constant current continuity scene, flashback scene, current scene, flashback scene. It's just an uh, A, B, A, B the entire time until the third act. Um, but I, I really like, especially like the rock punching montage. Oh, that was, I had a out loud or maybe in my head, I spent so much time alone. I can't tell anymore. <laughs> but a moment of like when we were reading all-star Batman and like, it's wonder woman arguing with Superman. And then I'm like, Oh, they better kiss. That would be the, so that's, and so I, that was dumb, but that's what I wanted. And it happened. Or in this, I like, so it's, there, the exercise is you need to break this stone. You're going to come in here and you're going to hit it every day and you're going to break it eventually and you have to do this. I need you to try and break the stone over and over. Yeah. So they try and then Shiva, who's like DC Shiva, but these are all different versions of the characters. It's Well, and young like an versions too. They're, they're young characters, you know. They're different too. Like this is a version of these people who are young in the 70s. This is its own thing. Yeah. But so they're all doing it and so she's the first one. She hits it once and she's like, oh, I get it. I understand what the lesson is here. I'm going to leave. Yeah. And everyone kind of keeps going. Go ahead. What do you guys think that she thinks 
in that portion. She she realizes that it's a it's a lesson that you some things you can't brute force. Sometimes you have to give up or change tack. And they, yeah. they've already established her. She's the best student of the master. She's smart. Yeah, it just made me wonder. Like, I wonder what her personal conclusion would have been. She knows I, I can't break the rock, so that must I, not be the point of this. I think you're doing. Never end. I think Ben's doing a Sammy here. I don't think that they give that to us. And maybe I was too tired when I watched it, but I don't think they hand that to us really. And yeah. I think we're left to draw our own conclusions as to why she stopped. But that's intentional. And the, the reason she stopped is because she's the best student. She understood the purpose of the lesson at the beginning. But that's yeah. the reason why I bring this scene up or why I like it so much. It's because, so then the student who resents her gives up because she's like, well, she's not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Yes. Missing the point that she quit because she got it. And then all the dudes are a little more like, you know, the two guys besides Bruce Wayne, at least, are a little more like competitive with each other. But they both kind of give up. And Batman just keeps hitting it and keeps slamming his hand into it. And then the teacher comes back and is like, listen, I said you need to try and break the stone. Yeah. He just spells it out for him. He's like, some things you need to give up on and you, you cannot continue down this path. Yeah. And then there's a moment where Bruce just kind of stops and the sensei walks away. And I'm like... He better keep hitting that yeah. rock. <laughs> uh-huh. He just keeps hitting the rock. Like, that is perfect. Yeah. I love that so much. I totally agree. I, I was uh, grinning on the, on that part when he just goes right back to what he was doing. Like, no, no, I can do this. I don't care if everyone else has given up. I'm going to be the one to do it. And that's what I like about this story, despite him not being the main focus. And it, it could be a more entertaining or more interesting thing if he was. It still informs his character really, mm-hmm. really well. There's a lot of good Batman stuff in the story that's not all about Batman. Yeah. Which is pretty cool because you just use kind of a silly, what could be a silly scene in order to actually paint a really good picture about what his mental process is like. We're just punching rocks. That's a thing. That's like a training thing. Monks do this. But, yeah. but, like, but what can we show about his stubbornness in or perseverance or something. And I actually think it's really cool because we talk about how um, Superman is often the one who looks like the really optimistic one. He's the one who gets humans more than other people or something. But I like that I, I take a little bit away from this in that like maybe Bruce thinks that he's kind of special or that maybe he believes that there is something in him that is more capable of like that degree of perseverance or if this whole thing is like a conquering evil, defeating the bad guys kind of thing, you know, sensei is like, learn your lesson. Some things you can fix. Some things can be broken. Other things cannot. So you need to see the point, but he's like personally thinks of himself. Maybe I am of the quality of character to be the one who actually can do this thing. Like I hear your lesson and yet maybe I can be better than even the thing that you're saying. I have to That's the thing. And this is actually something that I've kind of learned in therapy, but it's something that I... Oh, God, you watch movies. You're in therapy. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's something that I now understand why I relate to this character. It's another thing that I was able to get in that she'd be like, oh, yeah, see, like what you said there, that's like classic OCD. And I'm like, "What, what did I say? And apparently, I have this mentality a lot that if I only X, then blah, blah, blah. So if I only work harder, if I just push harder than all these guys who gave up already, 
then this can be done, right? And like you said, he has a need to prove that to himself. And I totally get that. And and there's another great thing that happens here where I think it comes later, but it's analogous to this moment where he says, I know what happened to your parents and you want to prevent that from happening to anyone again. But evil is like this rock. Even if you break it, there will be pebbles. If you break them, there will be sand. And if that doesn't capture the entire arc of Batman over 80 plus uh-huh. years, I mean, nothing does. That is so spot on. And yeah, Batman's like, I know. Yeah. And yeah. So I'm just going to keep punching the rock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, my therapy is beating up bad guys, so I just got to keep doing it. Right? He's like, and I, I will punch that sand too. And I do like the whole um, Eastern philosophy applied to this kind of stuff, you know, because I just like the simplicity of some of those examples or like the language used in some philosophy like that, because like make a cool symbol out of the rock. And I mean, it's very simple. Like it gets smaller and smaller, but it never goes away. You got big guys, you got, you have tiers of bad guys in Gotham city and you'll deal with these guys, but all this other crazy crap is going on, you know? And Bruce is like, I'll show you the tears of bad guys. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll fucking punch those pedals, man. It's funny that you said that, Sam, because my friend Jeff listens to the show, and and we'll talk about stuff after the fact. And he, no guy's got him, a friend named Jeff. The two you, holler, sponsored. Hi, Jeff. To say this. He was talking about how he started using Batman as like a character metric sort of like listening to the podcast he was using batman as a filter for like real life and character traits and like processing stuff through batman actually i thought that was interesting i don't know if that's healthy jeff (laughs) it is (laughs) no no you're three guys who've talked for hours and hours about it so yeah we know all (laughs) about it yeah we know all it Actually, Jeff is the healthiest of all of us, and he's a professional in this category, so I trust and believe him. I'm just kidding. Anyway, the jarring back and forth thing sort of happens here, where we're back in the present with a barely introduced Richard and Bruce, and he starts talking about defending the gate. And this is not explained literally until the last 10 minutes of the movie. We mm-hmm. saw the gate. We don't need to know what it does until later, but we saw the gate fairly early. And yeah, and where? even earlier on, they have the thing where Rip and the sword and the sacrifice and that's like, and the sensei goes into the gate. We see it before then. I mean, I was debating in my head whether I was going to do this, but I am going to do this because I think quality, leaving quality out of it style-wise, yeah. contrasting this with like Batman versus Superman or Justice League, well, those movies are exposition dumps. It's where a bunch of people stand around and flatly explain why this is all bad and this is versus this, which is like a martial arts movie with hardly any exposition. Yeah. And it's just a ride. But that's, I mean, you see the gate. You first see it as a thing of like, what's it over there? And the sense is like, doesn't matter. Ignore it. But no one identifies it as the gate. The the gate is within that thing. But we learn that's not the very end of the movie because we, they say they got the gate and then about the halfway point before that, we see a flight. So it's there, but again, it's not all like, here's the bad guy, here's the problem, here's what we have to do, and then and then an hour of leading up to that. It's just like the ride of these characters getting the band back together, 
finding out how they knew each other in the first place. Yeah. What does any of this have to do with Batman? Like, it's, that's the movie. For sure. But if you would just, like, showed up and said, like, oh, yeah, the fucking uh, mother boxes, dude. You got to watch out for them. Got to protect the mother boxes. And then no one explained that. There's a reason for the exposition. <laughs> no, if what the characters are doing is interesting or there's a constant movement to it, it doesn't matter as long as it gets addressed eventually. I guess for me, it just seemed like they could have been speaking gibberish. I didn't know what they were talking about. I didn't know what the story was leading toward. I just knew he wanted Bruce to do something. You don't find out until they get there, but you know something important to them in their past is what the issue is. Yeah, and then a bunch of Mortal Kombat ninjas show up and uh, storm... The club, as they're watching from security cameras, we get the implication that Bruce uses these security cameras to probably, yeah, to probably do some Batman shit and catch up with them later. Bruce uh, cuts the lights during this fight and emerges as Batman, which gives uh, a good shock to Richard, and he's he's dressed like a bat. I dig it. You know, he's he's pretty into it. <laughs> when he also makes a comment of saying like both you, Batman, and their reaction to you. Like, what was that? That was totally different. Yeah, and again, that's another moment scared of, them. like, seeing Batman in this story of, like, whatever his deal is, he is split in two. Yeah. And it's a different version of the character, because in a lot of the stuff we see, it's like, they're the same guy. Like, Bat Bruce Wayne can kick as much ass as Batman can, it's just a costume, even though there's, like, the which is the real me and which isn't. Yeah. Where this is a much more, like, putting on the costume lets me be that. Yeah, it's Let's sort of a physical embodiment of the discussion we've had about the purpose of the suit. You know, it mm -hmm. shows that he can be more effective when it throws people off and they're confused and they're, you know, out of their element. Mm -hmm. I think that's a hard thing to convey anyways. We're really just taking Richard as his word because to us visually there is no difference between like Bruce Wayne fighting and... Batman fighting, so like, what would Richard be perceiving? But it would just be tough to convey. Like, there's a moment of reaction in the, yeah, the, the Mortal sure. Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, what? When the lights go Some, out, somehow it's like, but your frown was more fierce <laughs> with the cowl on. Like, you know, some things are just like hard to convey. So he he says it, and like, yeah, cool. But he must be thinking, acting more quickly. Punching hella extra harder. No, there's a segue of him, I think, before he gets in costume of, like, after punching the rock a bunch, like, him punching the uh, yeah. ninja in the face yep. extremely hard over and over. Yeah, that's a good segue. And actually, after that whole Beatrix kiddo rock punching thing, <laughs> we go back and the sensei gives Shiva the responsibility of protecting this soul breaker sword. Me not thinking of the title of this movie and how this is all going to tie in later and just, just watching the scene, but I enjoyed yeah. it. We have Jade, who seems like more of a noob here than Bruce, whining about Shiva lacks the killer instinct, and I was like, oh, shit, she's dead. I, that's, that was my first thought is like, oh, my God. Like I told Anne she was reading a book. I was like, she is about to die. And just like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> and, Don't talk to me. But she says that, that Rip deserves it. And so Sensei's like, oh, okay. Rip, do you think you you know deserve this? And like, absolutely. Fuck yeah, dude. I want this promotion, boss. He just seems like that dude, right? And like, okay, cool. And so you can have it. 
if you defeat Shiva. And I was like, all right, let's do this. And he says, now, Shiva, you can only use one finger to defend yourself. And I was like, Ooh. yes. <laughs> this is finger. Oh, like, no, I shut like up. When, I like when passive Sam makes exceptions and enjoys violence. Yeah, I mean, storytelling. This shit's awesome. Um, I don't want He's to see... He's a freak. He's a psycho. <laughs> Listen to him today. <laughs> what a weird way to justify that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is the fun of this movie. And again, I, I just like the setting because it was like refreshing. I didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. I didn't have a hard time watching this, but the martial arts choreography and the scenes, Very some of them good. are a little too tight to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. But overall, the choreography, and especially in that scene, is like exciting and fun. And I love that. As I said before, Like I like Shiva as a character. I like that she is someone who is as good or depending on circumstances better than Batman at fighting. Yeah. And you see that here. And nothing has made me want to see her in live action more than, than watching her in this story because <laughs> I've mostly only read her on the page here and there in like the, the animated series, but I would love to see her more in motion like this because this was really stunning to watch her. Oh, yeah. I think that some characters really deserve that too because some characters are so large and sort of stoic that you're like, yeah, I have a grasp of your strength and your ability to crush stuff or whatever. Like movement isn't that critical, but in this, especially regarding like uh, small, nimble, agile, good fighters, like I must see them in motion, you know, because yeah. I know they're like super gymnasts who can also kick ass and you, you don't really like get the full picture unless you get to see their speed and yeah, their fine skill. technique technique is what makes them good they're not exactly that, muscle. see that's mm-hmm. the thing and and like when you point out how it's it's funny that i'm like the big anti-violence guy and i i get off on a scene like this uh <laughs> but freak. i think Six about freak. it in terms of technique and and style like when you're listening to an mc and he's making wordplay that is not funny, but it is so clever that I laugh out loud. That's the kind of shit we're seeing with her fight in the one finger scene here. You know, it's like mm-hmm. you've never seen somebody do this, not only with the, the huge size disadvantage, but being totally handicapped. It's like a fighting with a, one arm behind your back, like she does later. I get a, a real kick out of watching someone who is a, a clear master, you know, <laughs> and is being uh-huh. underestimated as well. Yeah, they're and all I, students at the same place, but she is clearly head and shoulders above all of them. Yeah. Totally. And I always love, a, like, a calm, confident character. And mm-hmm. even when the sensei is, like, one finger, not shook, doesn't even care, still knows that she's going to beat this dude's ass. Yeah. <laughs> Almost kills him with a yeah. finger poke. There's no, like, she's not enraged. There's nothing. She's just about to kill him with her fingers. Yeah. He's like, that's enough. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You proved your point. I really like also the way that she is shown on the same side as Bruce, which we never get, and humanizing her, relating to her a little bit more in this version was cool. And I think that's a combo of this again is like a slightly different universe. Yeah. It's not fundamentally different, but it's slightly different. But also, like when we saw her in um Death in the Family, she's just a villain. Like, there's no nuance, there's nothing to the character. Yeah. And then yeah. in some later Batman stories, are like, she, spoiler to anyone who hasn't read it, spoiler, spoiler, she's Cassandra Cain, Batgirl's mother. Yeah. Like, so she's still a villain, and she's still dangerous, but, like, there's ambiguity to the character. She's not just an outright, she's not Joker, she's not Riddler, she's not evil in the way they are, or bad in the way they are. 
but this is definitely a closer to the light side version of the character. Yeah, I and it was cool too because she could have easily been if you're doing this setting where okay, Bruce trained with this group of people and one of them goes off and becomes a villain, right? That could have easily been her. That's the obvious candidate, right? Yeah. And so the fact that they played it differently and as a team up was really fresh. I think it's this fight. It must be because of the one finger action, but she fish hooked. Yep, that was her yeah. first move. <laughs> That's so awesome. Because I was thinking, like, okay, how how is this going to play out? I'm trying to calculate it while I'm watching them kind of square off. You know, when that was her first move, I was like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, all right. Awesome. You know, I'm thinking of like the five finger death punch or something like that. You know, like how is mm-hmm. how is it going to play? Gonna be blocking punches with one finger. How is this going to yeah. work? Disabling via pressure points. I also think there's kind mm-hmm. of nothing cooler than. I mean, we, we've seen like Tom Hardy's Bane just take every punch and not back down and not flinch. That's pretty badass. Mm-hmm. But I also think that it's great like when, you know, you're watching the Matrix training sequence or something like this and a person is able to simply and effortlessly dodge every one of your strikes. I think that is something I'll never get tired of seeing. If I may talk about Batman 89 for a second, I remember, yeah, I remember Ben's getting heated. in the podcast, Ben is like, he gets shot too many times. And you, Sam, were interpreting his ability to get shot as a metric for toughness, which it sort of is like, yes, to be able to get shot and survive would be a good thing. But to me, the ultimate goal of combat would be to hurt others as much while simultaneously being hurt as little as possible. So to me, seeing a character who can dodge all punches is way cooler. I get what you're trying to show, like can take punches and be ineffective. And that's fine, I guess. But also I like a person who's like chest level math sees all actions, avoids all punches yeah, and that's, with minimal effort. That's a very Batman thing. And uh, you bringing that up on the heels of what I just said about Tom Hardy is interesting because I'd never really thought of those two, Keaton's Batman and Tom Hardy's Bane, but they do play that in a similar way of like, I'm just going to stand here. You do whatever you want, and that's what's going to scare you it's because <laughs> there's nothing you can throw at me that I'm not going to be able to walk away from. I think there's definitely elements of both of those in real life where there are people who are just like both because of physical conditioning but also just because of like genetic chance are just tough they're physically tough and i don't want to meet either of these type of people ever but but, uh, that's one of the things i think that separates like professional fighters or people who do that and you kind of do that with any skill whether it's you know playing an instrument or something it's about the real separation is better skill yeah. technique again using the least amount of energy and that's another aspect of why that scene is animated so well is you believe that she's dodging those punches yeah they just animate them so well that she's moving so little but it's just she's not like lightning fast it's not an anime flash step or something but yeah it's just enough to get out of the way of these punches and these kicks and another thing so- we're talking about here in this reminds me of like a boxing movie you know where they'll say like no just just it's tire over- him out take the hits and then on the third round let him have it, you know, surprise him or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, that's totally the Keaton approach is, yeah, let him just unload on you and see that there's nothing you can do. But but well, she is so graceful and just just fascinating to watch. 
Yes, I mean, it's two parts of the same thing. Like, in order to be a professional boxer or a fighter of any kind, you need to be capable of taking all the impact, but the goal is to take none of that impact. The reason that Floyd Mayweather Jr. is so awesome at boxing, one of the reasons, is because he's so elusive, and he's just rarely hit. He like hard to hit. Yeah, he bends at the hips and he just stays out of everything. He like keeps a moving target and he's hard to pin down. And that's you want to walk away as unscathed as possible. He's the Joker of boxing. He's slippery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. This is again, we're just going off on this tangent, but that is an interesting thing about fighters too, though, because obviously that is the goal. But not only do they have to be skilled enough to fight, they have to be able. They have to be tough enough to take those punches. And it's not just like random punches. They have to be tough enough to take punches from also the people who are the best at punching. Yeah. Yes. Like that's obviously that's why they can make so much money doing it because that's a rare combination and it takes a lot of obviously skill and determination to build that, but also that it could even come together in the first place is probably not super common. Yeah. So, and those things for me in real life are horrifying to watch and disgusting, but in uh, correlation with... Uh, this story, this cartoon real. example, uh, it's fascinating. <laughs> yep. Well, that's that's what this movie is. This movie is a martial arts movie. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A 70s martial arts movie, and I think it lands in that department. So on that note, let's uh, move back to the future, back to the future. And we see Bruce and Richard come into Shiva's lair. She's got an audience, and she's got people betting on fights, and... Uh, a fighter wins by playing dirty and she steps into the arena and does this again and we watch her with one arm behind her back take out this dude and really humiliate him as as we see the champion that everyone's cheering waste a lot of energy trying to hit her and failing and then they all team up to stop this rarely named Schlangenfaust Which guy. Is a, a terrible villain. I do not like this guy who, at all. Who Everything shows up? Great, table, villain, like. great name. Yeah. <laughs> they really pulled this out of the like German vaults to. Uh, this, yeah. She this sho- must be a '70s character from. Yeah. Nobody could have just made this yesterday. Come up with that guy. She throws two ninja stars at. I'm used to saying Dick and Bruce, but at Richard and Bruce, and we think that it's at them, and they duck out of the way, and it's like, oh, there's a whole bunch of ninjas again. <laughs> Lots of ninjas in this. So pretty much any time we're back to present continuity, new batch of ninjas. <laughs> there's an awesome Batmobile-style chase when the ninjas get the Soulbreaker sword off of her, her throne or off her wall there. You know, we're seeing all the little tricks that he's got in his Challenger or whatever he's driving. That It's got all the Batmobile stuff without looking like it. Yeah. And, you know, she pulls the ejector seat, flies out, hops a motorcycle, and is chopping up goons and shit. I mean, She's, like, keeping up with the car on foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was one of those moments where I was thinking about what was going on. And then there was sort of an Inspector Gadget-like... The helicopter takes their car with a magnet or something. Um, yep. It's like, wow, did Walter White come up with this? Like, this is weird. And then we're back, of course, to the uh, the sensei, and they're on the 
the chow line. <laughs> Bruce offers to share his seconds as Ben is upset that uh, the new guy took all the food. And we've already established his problem is controlling his anger. Everyone is there for a different reason, and his is trying to find some sort of inner peace and control. Yeah. And this dude lays hands on Bruce, who is not prepared to take him on, and keeps getting back up and keeps getting back up. And he looks like, you know, a meat tenderizer just went over him. Yeah, they, they show damage in this movie, which is really nice for an animated thing. Yeah. His and, face is so fucked up. And Pretty he lumpy. earns respect from doing that, too. That, yeah. like, in the end, they actually walk away arm in arm. Like, you know what? This dude's all right. And again, in this moment, where Bruce is the newest guy here, and they're all training with the master martial artists, these people are all good fighters. That is what makes him him. He doesn't give up. Yeah. He takes the abuse, and he gets up, and he keeps going. It's and that drive, you know, that, yeah. Yeah, that extra thing that uh, is beyond the physical. The great moment here is that Ben's dojo pep talk, okay, when we come to him in the future and he's talking to a young kid on the sidewalk, he said, look, you just said you're not good enough. Did I say that? No. Did anyone else say that? No. The only thing stopping you is you. you know. And we see this dude who was raging out a moment ago in the flashback actually mm-hmm. have taken some of that wisdom and, and imparted it now as an adult. That part was nice. All the main characters in this have an arc. It's just a little, like, twisted or inverted because you're seeing their arc through flashbacks because by the time we meet them, they're already formed. Yeah. And sort of they've dealt with their issues for the most part. And so it's nice because at first I thought, like, oh, is he just going to be angry this whole movie? Is that his character, angry guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, they, they show you that, like, no, he, he got through that and he... And, of course, they tied into martial arts because it's a martial arts movie. He's like, that's what martial arts is about. It's about yeah. control and mastering yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool because he is sort of one-dimensional in the beginning. He's kind of like Jade was, the impetuous young person, and, and he's very much the hothead of the group. So it's, it's cool to see that growth. I like when everybody shows up right after his talk with that child, and they very briefly explain the situation blah blah stuff happened sword is gone and he's just down <laughs> he has like yeah. one line and he's like word let's go yeah well like, and, and we do Bruce get no, most convincing of any of them yeah no scene wasted like that's his character right there like yep down to do it let's get at it well we also get shortly after this some context that he had also put in some time going after this cobra gang you know and yeah. so so we do learn about that a little bit. This is where we start to talk about the hidden door. And in the flashback, you know, Rip breaks in, and now we do see the gate. But this is probably like an hour in, where they finally explain what's going on. The gate had evidently required a sacrifice, and, and Jade becomes the victim of that. Uh, she must have just been tricked into it because she wasn't happy well, with the rules. Like- the great scene before that when they're all in the bunk together and they're all yes. talking about what they think it is. Yeah, again, it lights it's out. Neat to see them together. And then also, again, Bruce being Bruce, Batman being Batman. Yes. What do you think it is, Bruce? Like, I know what it is. It's a distraction. It's a, yeah. Mm-hmm. Go to sleep. I like that part. Yeah, that was neat. I forgot about that, actually. So, Jade is the sacrifice. He uses the Soulbreaker sword. 
the gate is opened and all these like monsters come through and uh, all of a sudden we're in like Shazam mode and um, they're fighting them with martial arts and no weapons for the most part. You know, there's one sword being passed around sort of. Yeah. But still, I mean, it's an interesting action scene and as they turn, the sensei had walked into the gate to sacrifice himself that's the only way you can close it is also with another sacrifice. Exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah, that is a bloodthirsty god right there. And the whole temple collapses. This is kind of intertwined with us learning about Ben pursuing them across the globe and trying to locate their leader to execute him. And then in this flashback, the, the leader is a child. That was... And ben can't do it. He feels guilty because he didn't do it. Yeah, and then she, they had the whole like baby Hitler line. I can't remember how she worded like, it. If I could go, uh, I would have killed that kid in a heartbeat. If I could go back in time, I would toss that bassinet into a fire. Or yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Um, the only thing that was odd, though, was showing him work his way through this, you know, conspiracy corkboard across the globe and take out all these guys, and then a ten-year-old is running the show. No, the 10-year-old's not running the show. The 10-year-old is just there. It's like a king, like a child king. Someone who's appointed the cult is holding him up and lifting him up. Okay, yeah. I was... It's not until he becomes an adult and becomes a sadist because he's been like a child king. Yeah. He's truly bad, but at that point he's just like, he has snake eyes, so I guess they think he's the guy <laughs> for the job. Gotcha. You think it's, it's more of a destiny thing, like everybody else in the organization is going to pave the way for this person, not that they're pulling the strings at the very beginning. Okay, I didn't. yeah, I didn't quite get that. Because when he pulled back the curtain, I was like, what the fuck? And then I was back to like square one of like, god damn it, this shit's weird. <laughs> it is extremely weird. <laughs> they like showed him a picture of like, in the future, you're going to wear this snake suit. And he's like, what? <laughs> no, you will. You're going to like it. You'll love it. Okay, whatever. Cause, yeah, because I think it was more like the Ben Turner's The Bronze Tiger yeah. had discovered that he was the chosen one. So he had to kill him, and then it's only in that moment that he realizes it's a little kid. Yeah, and I, I had heard of Bronze Tiger, but I, I, I don't think I've ever really seen him in anything or, or read about him. Mm. I wasn't familiar with the character at all. I didn't even know Richard Dragon. I didn't know Same Richard Dragon, yeah. Uh, the gang parachutes into a cave in a very specific location so that they can kind of infiltrate it from below. Schlangenfaust, I keep having to look at the spelling of this name, is waiting for them and turns into a serpent thing. And Shiva instantly cuts off the serpent arm and it turns into a whole other monster. So they're like, okay, we're not doing that. No more swords. No swords. <laughs> this is going to be an all Superman fight, only punching. Okay. Ben and Batman, they stay there while. Everybody else, <laughs> by the way, the DIY flamethrower takes me back to my fifth grade uh, G.I. Joe's. That was pretty neat. Um, oh, uh, you're a real Sid. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, the rest of uh, the crew, Shiva and Richard, go up to the surface to uh, fight with the big bads. You know, these are people who have had no lines and literally have to say their own names in the big fights. So we have any semblance yeah like the main guy who i think's name is jeff 
uh, Jeffrey yeah, something. something. Like that, Brett or yeah. <laughs> Again, this is so badly done. Uh, the main guy's two goons. There's the blind guy or blindfolded guy. And That's then, King Cobra. Yeah, yeah. Must be another 70s guy. And then the lady who's got the hips exposed like Evan loves on Supergirl. And it's not the hips, it's the underpants that they, I don't like. They, they both... Um, <laughs> no, you didn't like the bodysuit with the jeans either. But yeah, this oh. this is very <laughs> for the same reason, pretty much. It's very weird. Um, just like having to, like now you face off against Sammy Warmhands, and like, well, fucking, you didn't need to tell me who you were. <laughs> this is another spot where and I think because because this is when I had the thought of like, how critical am I being, and have I been pulled in? Am I not thinking about it? Yeah. Or I was maybe doing a little what you were accusing me of earlier of justifying it in my head of being like in this style of movie like that's what a especially this era of martial arts films bruce lee gets to the tower and it's kareem abdul jabbar yes they don't, they don't explain anything it's just he's the guy you have to fight now here's his gimmick and so i i was like i had the exact same feeling of you of like who are these guys they didn't explain this why is the bad guy like kevin what is any of this <laughs> But I was still okay with it because it was, again, for the style, for what they were going for, I felt like it was appropriate. I think it's just a totally different take on storytelling because Sam is requiring some, like, like I want the hints and I want the hints with the explanation. I want the breadcrumbs all along the way. Well, I want the villains to be developed in a way that the main characters are, too. I mean, I, I think that that's why... Steppenwolf is great in Justice League Snyder Cut and not in 17 because, oh, now we actually understand him and that makes him more compelling. And Ben's just saying that in this mini tower of bosses, part of the reveal is just not knowing anything before. There's no like shots to preface it. You never see a face. You don't know any names. All of a sudden it's just boom and maybe in viewing this in the past, you would have been like, oh, you know, instead of being like, well, I don't know anything about this character, you would just be like taken aback by this thing that you've been presented for the very first time. It's video game bosses. That's all that it is, you know. But that's what video game bosses come from. They come from this style of action movie storytelling. And my only reference to that, honestly, is like Tarantino doing some kind of throwback scene. I'm just not familiar. And so you you have the life experience that I don't. It's fine to not like anything anyway, for whatever reasons you have. Yeah. But I mean, it also might be a fair criticism of the martial arts genre, especially this era where like they they didn't tell stories in that regard of like fleshing out anything or fleshing out the villains very well. (laughs) And partially that's a flaw, but also sometimes that's a feature in that like the story is more about the hero overcoming the issue and again if you know the issue or know the hurdle better you should feel that more but it's more like it's just here it is and he's got to persevere power through and i think that gets paid off with the villains because each of them especially richard dragon with king cobra is kind of getting his ass kicked but he he figures out the gimmick so using strategy and thought rather than just pure skill he ends up beating him yeah i like that because we see it in both shiva and richard where shiva is disarmed and whoever that chick's name says like, Oh, you have no Kate. weapon. Yeah. <laughs> she says like, Oh, you have no weapon. And she was like, I am the weapon. Right. And chops the fucking sword with her bare hands. And we see Richard using pebbles because this dude is hearing his every 
motion of his clothing and his footsteps. And so he's throwing pebbles all over the place I love it. I left. to distract him. He just- yeah, that's a great move, and, and it's really enjoyable. And, and we're seeing them, again, supersede the physical and have to outsmart these people who are a physical match. Yeah. So you do like martial arts movies. <laughs> you do love violence. <laughs> so Jeffrey or whoever sacrifices <laughs> himself to open the gate... Because uh, they... he's been deluded since he was a child. And there's a nice moment where Batman comes up to him and says, don't do this. Like, I know you were, like, taken as a child and they told you all these things and they did all this. Don't do it. It's not what you think it is. It's not worth it. And he is so far gone. Yeah. It's like, no, I know I have to sacrifice something. And, and, and I think himself. that if this had been more of a Batman story that we're used to reading or, or, or watching, where uh, there's so much emphasis on the villain and who they are and what their whole thing is that that might have had more weight for me but they all kind of have this uh for dark side moment where they this foro sensei and then the sensei comes out like oh shit and he's possessed by naga the snake god or whatever (laughs) (laughs) at least you know his name and well, yeah, dude, I'm desperately trying to keep track of who all these fucking cast of characters are. There's so many characters for as few of lines and screen times as each of them get. Naga defeats all of them. I like the reversal of the the evil sensei. That's pretty cool. Um, well, and especially you're expecting some big demon because that's what we've got little hints of and the stupid Schlagenfaust is a demon guy. and Yeah. That's what you think is going to come out of Big Snake or something. And this is sort of like a... Just because of the possession element, it felt a little bit like the end of Ghostbusters or something to me. And then we get this unexpected move. I guess you mentioned it's rated R. I didn't realize that. But the first shocking moment, violence-wise, was when Batman... Uh, they're like, what's the difference between you and the rest of them that I just defeated, right? He fucking whips around, cracks his neck, and says... I have a cape. <laughs> yeah, he whips the cape. He wraps it around his head. Yeah. And breaks his neck. Wow. Uh, well, shocking. He, I mean, and you must be forgetting that when Shiva fights the man with the mustache in the arena, she throat pokes him, but I can assume that he dies because he's bleeding from yeah. the throat. Yeah. And then she does the move so. that the sensei tells her not to do in the flashback. Yeah. You're right. He just goes through it through this time yeah. and just kills him with two fingers. So that's pretty graphic. But seeing Batman do it is the weird yeah, exactly. and neat thing. Yeah, it's, it's not that there's not violence like Under the Red Hood has violence or whatever, but I guess it was just so shocking to see him do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we talked about how it's always cool when he busts out his cape in the different times that he uses it for things. Yeah. But I, I don't think it's ever been to break somebody's neck that we've seen. Yeah, and we see him do a couple of things like with those monsters. You know, I think there might be a decapitation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was jarring to like, wow. <laughs> I guess yeah. he, he can do that because they're not it, girl. human beings. Yeah, they're demons. He, he just doesn't kill humans. Yeah. It's the only life that matters. Yeah. Well, as you're going to reveal in a second, that move doesn't beat the boss. And while this story possibly could be better and or more entertaining for us or definitely you, if maybe you shaved off some of the team and just had to be like Batman and Shiva or Batman and somebody focus more on them, I like that the things that make Batman Batman and interesting and relevant in this story are not that he is the best of them because they all have the same sort of training. They're all expert fighters. It's just his little unique Batman stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that, like I have a tool and I'm better at using tools. I'm more 
resourceful in these moments. I will persevere. That's what separates me from them. It's true. They they really do kind of put them each in an even level, which is so unusual for a Batman film. Yes, yeah, usually he's the best. Yeah, he he overcomes because he is the best. Yeah, unless we're talking about strictly fighting with Orphan or or Shiva or something like. But when we're talking about fighting. They're being painted as, as very equals, which is a new take. It's cool. And in the future, what would really set Batman apart, even from these people, because it is cool to see Batman on the same level when it comes to hand-to-hand martial arts combat. Mm-hmm. Because Batman is special, but also it's cool to see him like with his peers in this. But then in the future, what would separate him even further would be his detective capability you know because right here they're toe-to-toe but in the future he's going to have money and technology and gadgets and years of doing this sure and then that would actually ultimately separate him from these other people well as i made the comparison earlier i think part of the key i mean it's always stupid when you have to do this to like you the key to enjoying this thing is all these rules you have to make but how you're looking at this movie despite or um Aside from looking at it as a martial arts movie, a throwback film, looking at it as a Justice League movie, where in the Justice League, every one of those guys could kick the shit out of Batman. That's not what he brings to the table, is that he's the toughest guy or the strongest guy. They don't need him for that. He has unique things that he brings to the table. And even if the story's not all about him, he's adding to it in interesting ways. And hopefully Mm -hmm. you learn something about him from this story. Yeah, and honestly, I think he would have just been Bruce up until the end if it weren't for Richard saying, as they descend into the cave, like, you better put that fucking suit on. We need any advantage we can get. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what the deal is with it, but you're different with that on, so get your outfit on. Yeah. All right, so as we wrap up, Naga through Sensei is saying to Richard that like he was raised to be the successor. He's you know? the real Brett. He is supposed to be the host, you know, and uh, he rejects this pretty quickly and and Batman gives him the alley-oop with the soul breaker sword and runs him right through. I love the little, like he claps uh-huh. the sword and stops it and then he gives it the little tap on the end like you... It's like soul, you say? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, pretty cool ending. Uh, Naga returns to the gate. Sensei is, is uh, no longer possessed and has a nice little final words with everybody. Everyone's hands is in for the hand. Except hands Batman. Together. There's no Batman. I was waiting for the glove. Yeah. Uh, I think what's funny about this part is that everybody's together and he says some nice things, but he only says nice things to Bruce and to Dragon. The other two get no comments before he passes away. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, I mean, not everybody has the time for a monologue when they're ch- punching out, you know. Yeah. I just love that finisher because it's like, I don't even remember what he says, but it's like, you know, it's another one of those, the evil will always be there. We must shut the gate and seal it. And it's like, where's Batman? It's like, oh no, he's, he's gone in to he's kill gone the evil. He's gone inside <laughs> the gate. <laughs> yes. took the sword with him. He's going to go do that. And, and as we've established with these characters, they're the type of motherfuckers who would, then uh, he'd find them shoulder by shoulder, standing by his side, like, all right, let's do it. And the gate closes behind them. And roll credits. Uh, I thought that was a, a pretty uh, bold ending, and it's 
It's not bad. It's pretty yeah, good. They all, they all died in hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know where to think it goes from here. But I mean, I don't know cool. if they were planning on doing a sequel with a cliffhanger like that. I, I doubt it. I, <laughs> I extremely so. doubt it. I didn't stay till the end to see if there was any extra scene. Um, there, I, there wasn't. Okay. Yeah. I was. I, I thought that I was just a, a cool mic drop moment for a movie that I was back and forth on the whole time. I thought that was satisfying. Plus, to extra put it in the time period, it ends with a Marvin Gaye, let's get it online. Is it let's get it on? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I was like, oh, what lyric from the song? Oh, this, yeah, you're right. They the said, title. <laughs> the title. <laughs> let's get it on. Any Easter eggs here, guys? Partially, the entire thing is kind of an Easter egg because it's just supposed to be this throwback retro martial arts movie like this is my filter this isn't standard batman it's just yeah it's some weird timeline but that also that informs you know ben and i have probably seen enough of these types of things to not be caught off guard but i can see why somebody else who hadn't seen some stuff would be like what the hell's going on even who with like people? kill bill yeah. yeah like amber and i recently watched kill bill and that was her first time going through all of it and she was like why why are they doing some of this why why <laughs> you know, why some of the shots and why these long frames and blah, well, it's partially Tarantino. And also this is partially just the era of film that he's drawing from. He's making his version of an old type of movie. So like why, that's what we're watching here. why is he doing this? Oh, because he's recreating shot for shot. Some movie he saw when he was seven. That's why. Yeah, that's significant yeah, totally. Because he doesn't understand that nostalgia is not the same thing as good. <laughs> but I love hey, it works so for me. A, I don't want to shit on kill yeah. bill ever. Don't. Well, let me in um, with that. Um, I was going to say, so Michael Jai White, who is uh, Ben Turner, he's like a real martial artist and a movie martial artist. There's been tons of action movies oh, cool. and those kind of things. But also Mark Dacascos, who is Ben Dragon, or Richard Dragon, is a martial arts actor, too. He was in, um, he's the villain in the newest John Wick movie, or like the final oh. guy he fights. He oh, was nice. in Double Dragon. He's one of the brothers in Double Dragon. He's the host on the American Iron Chef. <laughs> but then he's also been in a million martial arts movies. Well, it's interesting okay. to get martial arts actors when they're only using their voices and not their bodies. That's yeah, like lending some credibility, I guess. But also, and I think that's for people who would unique. pick up on that. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, and as Evan said, maybe it's one big Easter egg. Like sixty-year-old Bat fans are probably like, "Oh, I can't wait to get my hands on this, the Richard Dragon movie." You know, yeah. <laughs> 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 from my childhood. Uh, she I got, was Kelly Hu, who was in a bunch of. She's a mainstream actress, but also did martial arts stuff too. She's yeah, a villain in the second Wolverine movie, or she's Lady Deathstrike or something. Yeah, 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 uh, totally. Nice. I got two more. The first time the ninja gang comes around, they're called the Axe Gang because mm-hmm. they're carrying axes. But in the movie Kung Fu Hustle, the bad guys in that are the Axe Gang. Mm. And then as we were talking about, I didn't think of it until just now, but the first time the gate opens up and they fight those kind of strange snake people creatures. I'm a snake. Uh, the one gets like curb stomped. Yeah. And because of the animal proximity, it reminded me of Snake Joker getting his teeth busted out <laughs> in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah, because when he comes up, he's got the stumps of teeth coming out of his gums. Pros, I guess you might have more than me, so I'll just say for pros, all the Kill Bill 
training, flashbacks, all that shit was my jam. And well choreographed, well captured action animation, much like as as you just brought up the Turtles collab movie, because that was uh, one of the better examples of it. So yeah, great with the flashback story and great action. Fun adventure. I like the timeline, just the history of Batman timeline change, even if it doesn't fit. I think it's just an interesting aside. The martial arts are awesome. I liked that he looks like year one Batman or like old, old school Batman, where his head is like rounded and his cowl has kind of the funny oversized ear thing going on to put him like back in that time period. And I also liked that because of when this is supposed to exist, that the Batmobile is just like an awesome muscle car. And that additionally, the audio for the car sounds really cool to me. It does sound like a real guttural, like it's a charger from the 70s. Well, and actually, thinking about that, what have we seen from the Pattinson trailer? That's kind of what his car looks like. He's just driving a yeah. cool muscle car? It's true. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and as much as I thought, well, that's disappointing. I want to see an awesome fucking Batmobile. I just saw this thing in action and was raving about how cool it was. So... I just learned something about myself. (laughs) (laughs) Ben, did you have any other pros? Well, kind of what you said. I mean, this, the choreography and the fight scenes was excellent. I mean, especially some of the flashback training fight scenes, which are just really stellar. And I just, how refreshing this was both coming off of stuff that maybe I didn't feel a strong connection to like the movies we've watched, but also just as something different with a different focus, different villains, different tone. It's, it's violent, but it's not dark. There's yeah. nothing grim about it. It's just kind of fresh. I liked it. This was very close to something I've been thinking about lately, where I want to see, and it might already exist, a story about Bruce Wayne, and it's the same backstory, and he does the same stuff, but no Batman. He's, mm. He had the same trauma as childhood. He has this, He's a billionaire. He has the same resources. He still fights crime. He does all that. He doesn't dress up as a bat. He doesn't so put on a you, costume. You want to see where... Year one would have gone after the, the, the deuce fight in the street and everything, but the bat never flies into his room and he just keeps on that path. Like a that is a neat thing about the character that he goes, I need this icon because the icon will scare them. Yeah, but I want to see the version where it's just like, no, what I do will scare them. Now, would, more- would this be a Charles Bronson death wish vigilante or would this still have the same principles? Same. That's what I mean. Same principles, same code. Almost everything is the same. It's just there's no cost. But no theatrics. No, I'm not the bat. There's none of that stuff. Yeah. Because huh. it would still kind of be the same, but it would just be interesting. Like, how would you take that in? And so this, he's still Batman, but because the context is so different, both in the story, but also because of the way they change his story, it was a little taste of that. Of like, give me a different version of this guy who's still fundamentally the same. I think in capable hands, that could be really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure somebody's done a story already of like, Bruce Wayne's not Batman, but he still beats people up. Yeah. I didn't think a lot about it at the time, but you were just kind of talking fresh take, Ben, and and I thought that it was interesting to for them to try to apply this like 70s roller skating, pimp disco funk stuff soundtrack into into Batman's world or try to like... How's it going to seem like Batman, but also have all this, this room, back, um, keyboard bass funk on it. That was kind of cool. Cons. I have one con. 
when they meet up with Shiva, the sword gets stolen, and they're having this awesome chase scene. Shiva is swinging the sword with her right hand and driving the motorcycle with her left hand. <laughs> but I know the throttle of the motorcycle to be on the right hand and the clutch to be on the left so she could not continue moving. It's a European with- motorcycle. Yeah, I was like, wait, are they in the U.S. in this scene? I think they are. I'm not sure. Pretty sure it's the U.S. Okay. Motorcycles don't work like that, everybody. I love that. The, the, those are always uh, the things that you would catch that we would not. <laughs> The pneumatic pressure on that power drill was way off. <laughs> yeah. was, there was not enough torque on that whatsoever. Yeah. Everyone knows a five millimeter rivet wouldn't move through the airline. <laughs> yeah, that's bullshit. Took me out of the story. I pretty much called it quits then. I returned it and I demanded a refund from Redbox for a dollar and eighty cents. Machine, machine. I demand my yeah. money. Ben, cons. Uh, I hate Schlag and Faust. I, that's such yeah. for a ridiculous movie. That's too far gone. That's too. I don't mind the the starting look of like the henchman with the white suit and sunglasses and blonde hair. That's okay, but then it turns out he has snake arms and he's a demon. That's that's weird. I don't like that. I also think there is a a budgetary thing, which is not totally the movie's fault. It's just the reality of this kind of. It's probably maybe a hard sell to get this movie made anyway. Yeah. I think if Bruce Tim wasn't on board, it wouldn't have got made. Oh yeah, and I mean, it makes me wonder: did this start as like just a Richard Dragon movie, and then they were like, "Well, no one's no one's going to watch this Richard <laughs> yeah. Dragon movie. Who who is that?" And no one will watch it. But because of that, there's a fair amount of like the exposition scenes are just those kind of scenes where the animation is a very low frame rate. And again, I think it's just budgetary because they spent all their money on the combat and the fight scenes. And yeah. then in that same vein. It, it bothered me less as the movie went on because I think there was less of it and it was used better. But this has another of those mix of like CG cars and things like that, mm-hmm. which some of the camera angles, like when the police are chasing them, all those CG vehicles look really good. But early on, you see like a CG sedan driving and it's just kind of jarring huh. up against the background of animation. Well, what you mentioned about the frame rate, that's just a constant presence of the modern day DC animated films is that they have this really stiff, choppy thing. And so the fact that they were so successful with this fight animation, much like the the Turtles Batman team up, I was impressed because you would think a title like this would not get the kind of resources. Uh Uh, My cons here are just all writing stuff. I think that I... Didn't know who any of the myriad villains were. I'd never got to learn who the villains were. And pretty much every big confrontation would have just loads of corny dialogue, too. Of Like, every scene had the, like, you came to die with your city. No, I came to stop you. Like, every, I about you and that every one this. of those scenes... <laughs> was just piling on helpings of that. And so, you know, for me, this movie is like an hour and 20-some minutes. I think if this movie was an hour and we shed some of the things that I talked about and were underdeveloped, um, the team is great. I I root for everybody on it. They're all really well-defined. But if this was just cut down a bit... And See, we didn't have so I think you many are villains. Because 
you are arguing for this movie. You're insane in general, but you're insane in this instance because you're arguing for this movie. You're going, uh, I don't know these villains. I don't really, there's not enough, like, you're not fleshing this out. I don't know this. And your answer to this is to cut it down. And your answer to a Zack Snyder thing is like, yeah, give me that nine-hour version of it. That's well, That answers that question. With this, they have too many cooks in the kitchen. That's the problem. There's too many villains, right? Uh, so if we had fewer villains and more development of those villains, great, make it even longer. Absolutely. I'm just looking at like the scenes that I'm watching in this movie you can't add to it you can only take away you're saying exactly then then there's a way to streamline this that makes it a higher rating than i'm going to give it you know like i Uh, think there's a great movie in a pretty good movie that we saw trifecta we got to go into detective i don't have much he spies on people with his cool 70s voyeur true yeah true yeah good one okay I think Ninja, we don't have to talk about because that's everywhere. It's part of this movie. Yeah. yeah, it's the whole dang thing. Trauma, my note was the whole pebbles and sand thing and that he's uh-huh. he's forever uh, chasing this invisible boogeyman, you know. Um, and he knows it's invisible, but he still chases it. Exactly. He's accepted the failure, essentially, that's built into this course, and yet he still thinks it's worth the effort. Because he's so messed up. Yeah. If nothing else on that, then ratings. I'm going to give it a four, because I had a lot of fun watching it, and I'd actually kind of written it off previously. Like, I thought it was one... I first heard about it, then I watched the trailer and was like, kind of put off by it and probably wouldn't have watched it until it came up as an assignment, and then I was forced to against my will, <laughs> and then I found that I actually had a good time anyways. Oh, Ben, yeah, you blame Sam me suggestion. now? Sam was like, Soul of the Dragon, guys. We gotta do Soul of the Dragon. That's right at my alley. We gotta stop, <laughs> stop the presses. We gotta do it right now. Well, it's hot. <laughs> ben, rating. I was gonna say three, but I think it's a three and a half, partially because I think that's as you said, like you had a good time with it. And that's how I felt. I had a good time with it. Yeah. It was weird. I was never bored. And I just want to make sure I'm rating it higher than Justice League. Or <laughs> those other, even though they're all different. I just, it needs, for me, it needs to be above that. And I, I'll say, because I had the other moment I had where I'm like, oh, is this where he texted me? Is in the flashback when they open the gate and the snake monsters start coming <laughs> yeah. up. This. Like, this is weird. But at the same time, I had a thought of like, well, that's what this movie is. It's, it's a supernatural martial arts movie. And like, we accept dark seed the evil space god from another universe like without blinking and that's the exact same shit yeah. it has the sci-fi trappings but it's just the same thing it's just fantasy nonsense and so when i kind of accepted that despite not liking snake monster guys yeah i was on board and again as i said that's not great when you have to like get yourself in the mode but i do think sometimes your own preconceptions get in the way of you enjoying a thing yeah, and I think that's something you tell me I do all the time because I'm always like, well, yeah, but it totally works because X, Y, and Z. You're like, those are not scenes in the movie. Those are in your head. Yeah. But I think it's also important to know yourself enough to know mm-hmm. when it's like your preferences, like creating yes. blockers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's like it just because it's not a failing of something if we just don't like it. It's like somebody made a good meal. Somebody else really appreciates it. You don't, but... Is that it's because the meal sucks, or is it just because you don't like how it tastes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, all the fruit. <laughs> 
Well, I'm going to go with the three. I think that from the first 20 minutes or something, I was like, oh, no. I, <laughs> I'm going to... I was like, what am I going to have to give this like a, a two or something terribly low, like a Ben Polanski rating? <laughs> and um, all the numbers exist for a reason. You're allowed to use it. Use all the numbers you want. I don't like to shit on these things. I want to like them. And after the first act or the first 15 minutes or so, I actually really liked uh, most of it. I just didn't care about the villain and, and, like you said, the supernatural aspect that is a the big tonal shift from all the other stuff that we've seen a 70s exploitation movie does not have snake monsters you know no, them do. okay i guess that's tied in with martial arts we've established arts, we've established my complete ignorance on that so i guess i'm more thinking of like <laughs> okay it's not your kind of sick violence you sick freak you're right yeah so i guess i'm thinking of like you know the 70s movies i've seen are you know, Death Wish and Dirty Harry and stuff like that. You know, that's the Todd yeah, Phillips that's a, that's Joker a 70s. Different kind of exploitation film. Yeah, I'm thinking of the Todd Phillips Joker 70s, not, uh, you know, creatures from the Black Lagoon or whatever. I, I don't. <laughs> or it's like, you know, the, the punch of a thousand cuts starring whatever. And it's like, it's that. And where the bad guy, the martial arts bad guy at the end turns out to be a literal demon. Like, that's, that's par for the course. For sure. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, so that's just me, but um, I think there's there's a lot of good movie in here. As much as there's not a focus on Batman, I, I think the Shiva stuff makes up for it, and um, you saying that this was refreshing is good, because I don't think you guys generally know where we're going to take the show, but next we're going to read James Tynan's League of Shadows, which uh, we're going to dive more into Shiva stuff. And, um, yeah, we're going to stay in this vein for a minute and, and do something different. So I'm glad you guys liked it. This is Robin. Thanks for checking out the Bat Fanatic podcast with Sammy Warmhands. All right, that is our show. Thank you guys so much. I'm, I'm glad that we're back in the swing of things doing it again. I really enjoy doing this show and uh, hanging out with my friends bullshitting about comics. If you want to keep up on my comic collection, my toy collection, etc., and the latest from the podcast, do follow us on Instagram at BatFanAddict. Uh, if you're a fan of the show, please give us a five-star rating on your iTunes Apple Podcast app. We sure appreciate that. You know, help spread the word with a screenshot to your stories. Any little bit of support we, we certainly don't take for granted. As I mentioned, we're going to come back with more of the martial arts style. This is a rebirth title by James Tynan. It's Detective Comics, League of Shadows.